welcome, folks. We got a bunch of guys here, diehard Met fans. And honestly, we're just here uh, starting a new podcast, and we're just here to say some things about the Mets. Uh, all lifelong fans just want to get our voices, our opinions out. Um, I'm CJ Owens. Uh, been a Mets fan since as long as I can remember. Uh, bleed that uh, blue and orange. And uh, I just want to throw it off to uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, Brian. Here you go, Cunny. Yeah, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian. You'll hear these guys call me Cunny a lot. I'm a Long Island Met fan. I'm loving the team for a long time. Travel with the seven line. We're at the big playoff games back in 2015, 2016. I was at the wild card game with these guys. And yeah, we're looking forward to giving you guys our Met stakes, throwing out some content. And I'll pass it to our other co host, Greg Walsh. What's up, boys? This is Greg, diehard Mets fan. Just here to talk the Mets, educate the game a little bit, show you guys what's good. But here, we're all looking for a chip in 2021 and beyond with the new era. Uncle Stevie, let's get it going. Talk some Mets, boys. Yeah, I think that was very well said by my men right there. Uh, we're all happy to start this thing up. And, uh, yeah, like uh, Cunny alluded to, he did say uh, playoff games. So we'll give you guys a bunch of our experiences, been to a bunch of games. Uh, don't act like we know it all because we definitely don't. Um, but, yeah, I just want to talk about the Mets a little bit, get our feelings out there. We know there's a, a lot of Mets fans in this tri-state area that uh, just want to be, you know, have something to listen to other than that uh, mainstream stuff you got on. So we're just going to talk a little Mets, um, anything that uh, has to do with the Mets whatsoever. So we're not going to shy away from any topics. And I think I'll just throw it back to my men, if either of them want to say something about it before we get going, kind of. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, why don't we just get going and talk about this offseason? I think the Mets are fucking ready. I'm, I'm just going to say, I think they're different team than 2020, and they're already looking good. And I think new regime in line, like I said earlier, we got a lot of good things going. And uh, I think the least could be uh, back in New York. Yeah, you know, the first thing we got to go to is definitely Steve Cohen buying the team. I mean, that just creates the new energy. This fan base is back. Queens baseball is back. You know, Steve Cohen came in, bought the team for $2.4 billion, And, you know, he's got that rumor to have deep pockets. You know, we saw a little bit of it this offseason. He went after guys. But I think in the end, all Mets fans should be happy. What do you think, CJ? We've waited a long time for this. Um, the Will Ponds, I was sorry. The Coupons, as I like to refer to them. <laughs> uh, they were sorry, Rigid. They were sorry of. Uh, Regime, the rain on the team was definitely a rain of terror. Nobody enjoyed that, um, myself included. Um, and I remember, um, shout out to my sh uh, boy Sean at the Jets Way podcast. I remember the day they officially made the uh, Steve Cohen uh, buying of the team official, and we were going bananas, man. We were just so happy. So, uh, yeah, I'm ecstatic about that. Um, Greg, I'm excited to hear what you have to hear what to say about that as well. Coupons, absolutely love that name. I'm using that from now on. That's fucking awesome. They had to go. Like I said, new management, it just set a different tone, not even just like for us to spend money, but just like it shows the players that you're here to like make moves. You want to win. We're ready to do like what they're already. Like I think we got a lot of their guys entering the prime of their career right now. Why mess around? Like 19, we were kind of just young. We didn't really have a ton, but we made some noise in the second half of that year and there was a possibility. 2020 obviously didn't go our way with a lot of things, no pitching. But when you tell the players you got someone who's willing to pay you if you're going to be that guy and they want to win championships, like he said, I think that inspires a lot of ball, a lot of ball players, and I think they got something going. Yeah, I mean, you got to even look back to the Steve Cohen 
when he bought the team, how Mets-like it was when he bought it, right? When we had to put up with the A-Rod and J-Lo rumors, when Mayor de Blasio stepped in. I mean, nothing about that purchase could have been more Mets. And I'm just glad it finally got done. I think better days are ahead, as we all agreed. Yeah, let's start diving into his first offseason. So I think one, the big move also is Sandy Alderson coming back in the Mets front office, holding it down. So yeah, Greg, you're a big Sandy fan. What do you got to say about Sandy? Listen, I was a big Sandy guy because I think he was instrumental, as everyone knows, in the 2015 run that we had. Like the Mets had no business being where they were in 2015. Some of the lineups they were putting out there, but they were just so good with that pitching and they just were timely and had... He made key moves there that were so slept on. Guys we love, like Uribe and Kelly Johnson. Like, Sandy was big with all that. Having him back, making the calling the shots, like, you can tell he's making moves up there and he's not messing around this winter. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Sandy, uh, I'm glad to have him back. Um, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, he's the old folk around. You know, he's uh, been around the game for a while, so he's definitely got his knowledge. Um, the thing that I'm honestly, the happiest about I think is the way that they've really um, put the money into the scouting and the development of the players now. I think that's a big thing. Um, getting those players in your um, farm system early, developing them on the cheap. I think that's the way the game's going, especially with arbitration and stuff like that now. Um, everybody wants to get that contract, that dude, before um, you have to pay him. So I think that's a huge thing. Everybody knows. Like, we look back at the clinic trade. Everybody, uh, he's worth what now? And we trade him for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. So I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah. So I think that Sandy is definitely, I'm, I'm glad to have him back. And I think he's going to do good things. And I feel like uh, one of the best things that he did already, uh, he brought in Lindor. So I feel like we kind of segue to that, the Lindor and Carrasco trade. Uh, what do you think about that, Clinton? Uh, I mean, I remember that day too, like how you were just talking about CJ. I was at work actually when I found it out and just finding out that your team traded for a Francisco Lindor is just it changes the franchise. I mean, this is a franchise that's been looking for a player like that since right. I mean, now they got him. He's going to be in the core of their lineup, hopefully, if he gets extended for years to come. We all seen what he's capable of in the past. He steps up in the big moments. He's a leader. He's a great player. He's got a great glove, great bat. He can run. I mean, there's really not much to dislike about that. I mean, even the value that they gave up. I mean, I do like Jimenez, but Rosario... You know, we had high expectations for him, but it didn't work out. Two prospects in Green and Wolf, but I'd take that for Francisco Lindor any day, plus Carlos Carrasco. So I think it was just a win-win for the Mets. And he's going to bring back this team, man. I mean, Pete, he started this trend. Now we have Lindor. He's just going to keep it going, the ball rolling. The Mets are going to be back. Greg, what you got for us, brother? Yeah, dude, you, I mean, you guys know. As, as middle infielder myself, getting a guy like Lindor onto the team, it just – I've always been saying, I like Rosario. You know, I wasn't big on him. I never thought he had that clutch gene, so I was never too big on him. Jimenez, I saw a lot of promise with. Thought he'd be a good ball player. But like Honey said, when you can mix two guys into one guy that is a top five player in the game, in my opinion, MVP candidate every year – that changes ball club, new level. Like, this is a new attitude. We got that guy now. Like, we already have ball players that are all-star caliber guys, you know, but we don't have that MVP caliber guy that in the moment, when you get to September, October, you got to win those games. That guy that could, that's going to hit that big hit, that's Lindor. So, I mean, they got it. I agree. Uh, I'm going to uh, be that guy, as you said, and I'm going to play the little devil's advocate here. 
Um, you know, Jimenez started off playing well, definitely with the Mets or Promise. I thought he was uh, electric when he played. Uh, Rosario, I thought he definitely uh, – I love the hype. I was all in on the hype for Rosario, um, but obviously hasn't um, lived up to it. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, some people – I mean, they're probably – in the few, but some people definitely uh, felt like Jimenez uh, and Rosario is a big, uh, a big haul for a team uh, for Lindor who's not even signed next year. So I mean, that's a big thing as well. I mean, I believe that we'll get that signing done. Um, but what do you guys have to say about any of that, like that criticism uh, as far as that giving up your next two shortstops if you can't lock this guy up? Yeah, I mean Rosario. Right now, sorry, Connie, you go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Greg, but I was going to say, I've even said to Greg multiple times, I was a big Rosario guy. I thought the 2019 year he had with the bat, especially in that second half, I thought we started to see him burst onto the scene. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to have a much better year last year. I understand with the shortened season, but the thing about him was the glove with me. I mean, his glove was just brutal out there at times. And I think. The guy that was supposed to come up as a defensive specialist, like his bat was supposed to be a second. It was going to be his glove. Yeah, like it's interesting when you read like the sports science stuff about it, like how like his depth where he played in the field, like compared to Lindor, and, like how that factors into the range factor and stuff like that. It just seems like solidifying the defense up the middle and getting a superstar shortstop. But like you said, Slim, they have to extend Lindor, then the trade's worth it. Brady, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, like Honey said, like one of the biggest takeaways I got was that you got to be strong up the middle, and that's what I think the Mets attacked this year. They got Lindor short. You got a catcher like McCann, who's a gold glove caliber guy back there, and he's no slouch with bat. I think he was an all-star in either 18 or 19. Guys are still a good hitter. Like That's strong up the middle. Second base, you got McNeil back at his spot. He's going to exceed. Guy's a great fielder. You know, Unfortunately, we don't have a center fielder. I don't want to get into that discussion right now. We'll save that for another day. But we got three out of the four up the middle, so I'm liking what I'm seeing there. Yeah, I think that was very well said. Um, and then back to what you said, Connie, definitely extending Lindor. I think that uh, should be priority one. I think uh, Anthony DiCuomo came out and said today that the Mets are prioritizing that over um, Conforto. They're going to do Lindor first and try and do Lindor first and then move on to Conforto. Oh, what do you feel about that, Greg? Do you think that uh, Conforto should feel slighted at all? I mean, he's been with the Mets longer. He's our homegrown guy. I mean, I feel like the way DiCuomo put it, I felt like that uh, kind of was a slight to Conforto. What do you think about that? Listen, I, I – I'm in the same boat as you are right there. I don't think it was a slight at Conforto. In my opinion, I've been saying for weeks, I would rather Conforto get his than Lindor because everything he just said, he's been our guy. He came up as a rookie 15. Look at what he's done. He's only done great things since and gotten better. That's the guy. He's, in my opinion, like the voice of the clubhouse. He's not a high voice guy you would expect, but I think he's a big leader for them, and I think he's the guy you got to lock up. I mean, yeah, everything I just said about Lindor, he's – the real deal, but you got to pay your dues to what's right, and then you can get Lindor. And listen, if we got the money bag, Uncle Stevie at the helm, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be spending that cash for the guys that are, you know, our best two, three, four hitters we can ask for. Yeah, to go off that, I mean, I don't, I mean, I can see why Conforto could feel slighted by that, but I think you have to lock up Lindor. But also, if you look at the business side of it, maybe it could make more sense to lock up Conforto before throwing let's say a blank check at Lindor. You know, if you could get him maybe at a lower yearly salary before you give Lindor, say, $30 million a year, because that's very likely. But I think Conforto's a pro's pro. I don't think he's going to let it really bother him that much. I mean, my worry with Conforto is really 
uh, Boris, Scott Boris. And I was just I was just going to bring that up. Uh, like you said, he's a homegrown guy, but I don't think Scott Boris is going to let him take that discount. I mean, I know it's been reported that he's told Scott Boris that he wants to play here. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think Scott Boris is going to let his guy take pennies on the dollar. Not that I think that's what he's going to get. Um, but, I, yeah, I just don't think that's something that Scott Boris is about. But, yeah, it's a double-edged sword, you know, because you can't really tackle both both guys at once, you know, there's only so many guys in that front office that you trust uh, conducting those negotiations. So you can't really send out Joe Schmo to negotiate with Scott Boris when you got Sandy negotiating with the doors agent. So I think that's uh, it's just kind of the way it is, the way it is. Somebody has to come first. Um, Lindor, I guess that's a pr- prime position at shortstop um, and we just traded for him. So I can see why they want to prioritize that. But yeah, I just feel like it was a, uh, yeah, like Greg made a good point, not a slight, but it's just something that I guess had to happen because you can't do them both at once. Um, but not to get too much into that, hopefully we have them here both for a long time in that blue and orange. Um, I guess we want to go to more somber note, that Porter and Callaway news. Uh, that's definitely something that uh, there's no place in that for the game. Um, it's sad that the, that it wasn't realized beforehand. Um, you know, just how do these guys get through um, all these – uh, screenings and background checks to get these uh, big jobs as a manager and a GM for the New York Mets, one of the biggest franchises in the sport. And uh, it's just, it's my, unfortunately it's not even just the Mets because it's happening across the league. These guys had these instances in other cities and other teams. And it sucks that it's either who knows if it's being swept under the rug, but I mean, I like to think that it's just, they need a better system in place and you know, it'll get figured out. I hope I, I hate that it keeps happening to the Mets, man. It's a bad look for the brand. And I, I think, like I said, they're bringing in new people and hopefully they find the right people. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a disaster. I mean, like CJ was saying, it's, it's absolutely terrible. There's no place in the game for it. And like he mentioned, people knew about it and just kind of let it be and swept it under the rug, which is even worse. But you know, it's, it just sucks. There's nothing about it that's good for the game. But I think, like Greg was saying, with the new brand, the new people in the building, hopefully the Mets do dig a little deeper into that things and they carry themselves with a little more honor and integrity and try to represent our city better. Speaking of new people in the building, why don't we dive into some of like the, the off-season moves? Let's get some of the names thrown out here. Because like I was saying, I think we got almost a different roster than 2020. And I am all for it because 2020, it kind of was good that we didn't have a great year. You know, it was a throwaway year. We, we turned it over. Everyone's healthy. And now we got a lot of new guys. We're going to be bringing a lot to the table. Who we got? Connie, I know you were looking at some names earlier. Yeah, so I was looking at some names. The Mets, you know, the free agency was interesting. For the infield, let's just start there. They brought in McCann, a catcher. They brought in Villar, Jose Martinez, Jose Peraza. You know, not a lot of big moves, but I thought McCann, that was their first move. That was what put them onto the scene this offseason. They signed McCann, and, you know, it's a backstop for a couple of years. And McCann's got the glove. I mean, I'm excited to hear what you guys think of him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I think that uh, James McCann is definitely a good player. I think the Mets um, went about that negotiation the best they could, honestly. They, uh, there was rumblings that JT Realmuto didn't want to play in New York. Um, if those were true or not, the Mets didn't want to stick around for that. Um, I mean, I don't even think that's one of the reasons. I mean, James McCann, they got him for a good price. I mean, four years um, that kind of is uh, kind of steep in my opinion, but that I guess will lead us right into Francisco Alvarez. So that's um, something that looks going through. He's a stud, but um, they got a lot of good things to say about him down there in the farm system. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be a stud. But as far as that McCann signing, um, 
the Mets couldn't get it if they were going to – if McCann wanted to sign early and that was his intention and he was by far the second best um, catcher on the market, if he signed and it was just Real Mito, uh left on the market, the Real Mito could have bled the Mets dry, had no intention of going there and went back to the Phillies and the Mets would have been stuck with Joe Blow as their catcher for this, uh, this season. So I think that um, – Going out and being um, preemptive and getting James and Cam was definitely a good signing. Um, Greg, I know that you like him, so what do you guys say? I'm a fan of him, but hey, don't sleep on my guy, Tomas Nito. He's a nice backup backstop, all right? Guy will, guy will get you a little big dinger when you need it on an off day, right? But uh, McCann, hey, listen, that's that's what we need. We need a guy who can – I mean, catchers are thin nowadays, so all I'm really asking for is a guy who's going to command the staff, really help and improve them, and, you know, block some balls, tag a guy out in the bottom of the ninth on a play that decides the game. You know, like, you know, we need a guy like that. We haven't really had that the last couple of years, so it's going to be nice. Yeah, um, you can't knock the McCann signing either because at the time when they signed him, the Mets had intentions of going after a Trevor Bauer, a George Springer. So they were opposed to giving that big contract to J- JT from the start. Money. I was okay with it. It was, it was a good signing. Yeah, like CJ said, I'm not – no, we might as well get McCann. He was the next best option in my opinion. Yeah, not crazy about four years, like CJ said, but is what it is. He's a good player. I mean, this guy has been Gold Glove, right? He's been in the Gold Glove finalist. Has he been a Gold Glove? I don't think he won it, but I know he's been nominated. No, but he's been nominated for the finalist. I know that. And like Greg said, he was definitely an all-star. I mean, like Greg said, catchers are slim. I think that was a good get. Definitely going to be an upgrade over the Buffalo Wilson. I mean, he gave us some great times, but – uh. He just simply wasn't funded. You know, he just needs the DH. He, I, I believe in him. He'll have a good year in Detroit. He's not a terrible hitter. He just can't be, you know, catching 80 games. I don't even think he can do 80 anymore. The MLB the show has gone with the zero speed. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, they violated him. Wilson's waning athleticism is uh, basically nothing. But, yeah, I think um, I think moving into the other signings, I think that uh, the Mets did have a pretty good offseason. I, I think that Lindor trade was great. I love the outfield moves, man. I, I've always been a big Pilar guy. I was saying in the beginning of the offseason I wanted him. We got Almora first, who was, you know, I didn't mind. I didn't hate it. We didn't have to spend for Jackie Bradley, so I was okay with that, even though he didn't get a ton, really. But Pilar, man, he's, his defense is, you know, getting a little worse. He's getting older, but he's showing a lot more with the bat, and I think he's just a veteran guy. He's played with a couple guys on the team. I know Stroh, maybe even Loop, I think. Uh, Lars a, a guy. You know, he's been around. He wants to win some serious baseball. Yeah, especially with Brandon Nemo in the outfield. I like Nemo. I think he's a good player. But especially against the lefties, he's going to have to come out. And that's a great opportunity for guys like Almora, Pilar to get in there. You know, if we had a DH this year, which is – don't even get me started about that. That's the most ridiculous thing. But we don't. So we won't be seeing them every day, I don't think. But I think they'll be productive off our bench for sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, I kind of uh, I'm kind of left left uh, wanting more um from those outfield moves. I know that uh, we missed out on George Springer. Um, I wasn't crazy about giving him that money, so that and that loan of a contract, so that's not that big contract. Um, yeah, uh, so that's not really that big of a deal. Um, Jackie Bradley definitely went for less than we thought he would, so I think that's something that uh. We could have waited, but I think that makes our lineup too left-hand heavy. Um, so I wasn't really crazy about that either. I think our options were slim in the outfield in general. So I think they did uh, they did an all-right job there. Um, you know, like I said, it leaves something to be desired. But also I think in the bullpen they kind of left something to be desired as well, especially after missing out. A lot out of good Bauer. guys were available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially missing out on um, Bauer. Uh, it showed that they were going to spend money and go over the luxury tax. And then uh, 
all those relievers went off the board uh, flying, and then they were left with basically nothing there. So I feel like that kind of left something uh, to be desired as well. What do you feel about that, Kelly? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, if you look back in the Mets offseason, if they whiffed on Springer, Bauer, I wouldn't say whiff necessarily, maybe on Bauer, but not Springer, JT. But if they knew they would have had that cash laying around, I do feel like a guy that would have been honestly great for the Mets is Liam Hendricks. He would have been great for any team, but especially the New York Mets, man, with the team that's just kind of on the cusp of being contenders, I say, you need that lockdown guy in the bullpen. And Liam Hendricks, uh, he's proven to be that guy. I mean, I have faith in Diaz, but he's not Liam Hendricks right now. I think that really could have solidified the Mets offseason if you look back at it, but they were going after other guys. But I'm with you, CJ. I wasn't thrilled with the bullpen this offseason, and they brought in a bunch of veterans. I think they could do a good job. I think the best one was obviously Trevor May. But, Greg, what do you think? I mean, I was just going to say that. I feel like a lot of people are kind of forgetting that, that we got Trevor May really early in this offseason. Like, he was just after, or if not before, James McCann. And he's no slouch as a reliever, man. He throw an absolute fuzz up here 100. He's pretty good still. So I loved that signing. I do agree with you guys that I do think they slowed down and they didn't really attack it as much as they could have. Hendricks is a guy I think is top three in the game right now. Going to love him in Chicago, though. I like what the White Sox got going on. Very similar to the Mets, in my opinion. That young team, little, not a lot of experience, and they're going to get the pitching now. They went after They got a strong bullpen. Mets bullpen concerns me a little, but what I kind of like they did is they got all those – those relief, those uh, starting pitchers, I mean, like guys like Yamamoto, uh, Walker, Lucchese, I mean, they're not A, B-grade guys, but they can pitch you in 162 games and bridge gaps, eat up innings. They could use them in a long relief role. Who knows if one of them is going to find a, uh, the stuff and win a starting spot. So, so who knows? I've been hearing a lot of rumors that people are going to be throwing maybe six days rotations, or but I don't imagine us doing that with DeGrom. But they might be very important in the Mets' bullpen and just eating up innings until a guy, especially like Lugo, comes back. Someone could, who knows, turn into like that middle relief Lugo role. Those are, uh, like you guys said, the bullpen. I think we we're all kind of in agreement there. Greg brought up some good points about the starters. I definitely liked how they brought in some uh, some depth there. That definitely was something lacking um, last year. That's something that uh, Sandy addressed. I think that was good. Um, he kind of yeah took that pragmatic approach this offseason. Uh, Trevor May is no slouch, absolutely. The man's on Twitch too. Good for him. He'll uh, mess you up in Fortnite. Watch out. But uh, yeah, he's got a good podcast too with Chris Rose that's starting up. I heard he's going to be uh, doing some guest appearances. Trevor May, good man. Good. I'm glad to hear him on the podcast. But uh, hopefully he's got enough time to work out and uh, pitch and shut out innings. Because if he's not doing that, then he'll be hearing it from me. Um. But yeah, I think uh, I think Tyron Walker was a good signing too. I felt like um, honestly he kind of was one of the uh, dudes I was less high on. Kind of like if we were going to go that route and for that fifth starter, uh, I kind of felt like Kluber or a guy like Paxton who's shown like more um, like the higher ceiling. Not saying that uh, I think Walker they've, they've done it before. Yeah, but absolutely proven. The guys that are proven. Um, Studs, I think Walker definitely had a good year last year, but uh, how much of that could be a fluke and stuff? I think that he will pitch well, hopefully. Um, but how, what do you guys feel about that? I feel like they kind of almost sell themselves short on that fifth starter spot too. Uh, what do you think, Greg? I mean, like I said, I think one of those guys is going to win that spot. I mean, I think Peterson's also definitely going to show us some stuff. He gave us some signs in 2020. He'll be that force, but you need that lefty in there, you know? That's why if Peterson wasn't going to be the guy, I think they brought in Lucchese, replaced Mats, have that extra lefty arm. But I think it'll be Walker, too. Was I excited it was him? Not really. But listen, the guy's showing some signs. 
He's got the size. He's got some stuff. Like, I'm excited to see from him. I respect him taking the double nines instead of the double gooses, paying homage to our guy, Mr. Met. So, I mean, he's a good man. I'm not saying that he he definitely locked for that rotation. Uh, I'm, I just want to hear what you got to think about that, Connie. Any uh, thoughts on that? Uh, for the Mets, for that last starting rotation spot, I do think it'll be Taiwan Walker. Uh, I think he's honestly earned it. He through throughout his career, he's he's been fairly good. I mean, I'm excited to see what he could do. Obviously, you know, you have your injury concerns, but I do like Jordan Yamamoto. I think Yamamoto showed a little bit of flashes, and I think getting to learn behind like a Degrom, uh, Syndergaard, Stroman, guys like that, that's guys that he didn't have in Miami. I mean. Who is he watching and learning from in Miami that's like a bona fide starter? You know, I think that's really going to help him out. But like I said, I mean, we're just offering our takes. We don't know much about it. Hopefully Taiwan Walker steps up and takes that role because that's where I think we'll get first shot. But I think another thing in the Mets rotation that I've, everyone's got to remember that Stroman signed a $19 million deal. You know, that was a big re-sign for the Mets. If you look at this rotation without Stroman in it, that could have been a – pretty big like disaster for the Mets I think that was definitely good that they locked him up just one year you're not tied into it then you could try I mean see how the budget works out but we'll see where it goes from there completely agree with you there Connie I'm a big big Stroman fan I know we all are as Long Island guys I was excited we got him last year listen he might not have given us the uh, the wins and what we wanted but sorry in 19 not last year but I think this year he's come back with a mission and he's got a lot to prove He's on that one-year deal, so you know he's going to be pitching his heart out and trying to make his money. I would be willing to give it to him next year if he does it this year. So, Stroman, listen, my guy CeCe, I'm a big CeCe Sabathia fan. I heard him say last week he thinks he's a dark horse Cy Young candidate. So when I hear somebody say that about a pitcher not named Jacob DeGrom on the Mets, I'm excited. And, I mean, Cindergaard at full strength, you know, he's got that talent too. But when we get that man back, I think if he's healthy, forget about it. I like Stroman. I think he's definitely a good pitcher. I'd like to see him get more back to maybe that little ground ball. I know he's uh, the more ground balls, just trying to get those instead of the strikeouts, kind of more per se. I'm both gunning for those strikeouts. I think he's at his best uh, when he's just pounding that sinker and really getting those ground balls. Um, and yeah, Connie, I think that, like you said, I think Walker definitely will be in that rotation. But right now, he's kind of slotted for that four. I feel like he's that guaranteed four spot, and then that fifth spot is either. We got David Peterson, Lucchese, Yam or Yamamoto. Really, I feel like. I mean, I feel like David Peterson is gonna uh, not get it just because they're concerned about his innings. He only threw 49 innings last year, um, so I feel like they might keep him at the alternate site for a while and just uh, keep his inning cap down for a while. So I think Lucchese probably will get that last spot. I know he hasn't really thrown in games yet, um, but I feel like yeah, like you guys said, get that lefty in there. I feel like Lucchese is gonna grab that fifth spot. Yeah, that's a good point, CJ, about the uh, innings cap for Peterson. Um, I would love to see Peterson in there when I was explaining mine. I just want Peterson in my rotation. Like, if I had my ideal starting five right now, I think Peterson and Tywin Walker would be in the back end of that. But you bring up a great point. I'm definitely not opposed to letting a guy like Lucchese come in as a fifth guy, you know, let him show us what he could do. Let Peterson stay at the alternate site, get his work in, and then he could come around come like June, July. Or probably earlier than that, maybe even late May. And you can't forget about it. we got a guy like Carrasco in that deal. We get him with Lindor. It just felt like a throw-in almost. We traded two guys, you know, and prospects. But, you know, we got a good return, and he's going to be good depth in that rotation. So I'm excited. He's still got a lot left in the tank, in my opinion, even though he's battling some injuries recently. But, uh, listen, that staff, I think, is going to get us through 162, like I was saying earlier, with those extra guys to fill games. And just – we got we, – it's better than what we got last year with Porcello and 
Waka, and we really only got them. They didn't do too much for us, unfortunately. So we got a lot more depth, at least, in the staff that I believe in until guys like Thor can get back and Lugo and whatever role we want to use him. I think he'll be a big piece this year, hopefully. Um, and it's interesting to see what we'll go on with him because uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So is Syndergaard. I know that uh, you guys live with that as well. Want to bring Syndergaard back. I mean, want to bring Stroman back. Um, I think Syndergaard definitely takes priority over that. Um, but Syndergaard's definitely going to get paid wherever he goes. So um, that's definitely something that we have to consider as well. Um, but I think uh, we've definitely done a good job of kind of dissecting what the team looks like. So let's kind of go into position battles a little bit. I think uh, – a third base is definitely a position that uh, has come into question. Sandy didn't give him the biggest vote of confidence. Um, I know he was looking at Chris Bryan rumors. I know Arenado went to the Cardinals. Um, that was another guy that was rumored for a while. So, yeah, J.D. Uh, hasn't looked um, great at third base so far. He's made a couple errors. Uh, it didn't really hit that great last season. So uh, that's definitely in question there, what kind of contribution we'll get from J.D. So uh, I'm interested. I know you got a lot to say about that, Connie. I want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, third base, I think, is definitely – I wouldn't necessarily call it a concern for the Mets yet, but I don't think J.D. Davis is what all Mets fans envision him to be. I mean, I think he's a good hitter, but I don't think he could play third base all that well. I hope he proves me wrong because I really like J.D. as a member of the Mets. But even when you try to move around J.D., a guy like McNeil, he's shown that he struggled at third base as compared to second base. So when you're trying to move guys around to accommodate that third base role in your infield, it kind of weakens your infield as a whole. So I think the Mets are definitely in trouble there. I wish they could have maybe made a move, but you know, you I've, I'll ride with JD to start. I'll give him I'll give him a fair chance, and if he can't hold it down at three B with the glove, then I think the Mets gotta look elsewhere. Maybe look at the bench. You got guys like Vilar who can move around the infield. Um, but yeah, Greg, what do you think? Davis fan, I think he exceed, excels well in that like utility man off the roll off the bench. Like he's gonna get a game every now and then, or he'll play a couple times when a guy's injured. Third base, left field, plug him in wherever you need him. Listen, when you get a guy like Lindor, you got to give up assets. You know, we gave up two infielders who were probably gonna start. Now it puts a guy like JD in a starting role. It's it's an opportunity cost to what you're gonna have to give up for Lindor. So I'm okay with it. Not happy with him defensively. I know none of us are too crazy about him there since 2019 at third. He's, he's not really that great anywhere in the field, but the guy can hit. I know he had a little bit of a down year last year. He hit 307 in 2019, though, so who knows? Back over 162, playing at an everyday pace. Who knows? He could and hitting 7, 8, wherever he's going to hit right now. I think he's going to do real well down there. But Cunny said, even if he's not, we got guys who can plug it in there. McNeil's not as great at third, I will say, even though I think he's great at 2B and in the corners. But third base, he needs a little more work at. But listen, he's playing his fourth position. And then we'd have a guy like who at second? Uh, BR. I'm a big fan of him. He was a good signing. He's a guy who has played good in the last couple of years, wherever he goes, and he's going to play some good ball. I think he's a key infielder for this team, kind of going into that JD role that, that we've had in the last two years. So even if JD doesn't give us what we want, I think someone's going to plug in. This is We got the depth this year, even with position players. So. I think Almora can play a little 2B, so we got options. I, I have faith in J.D., but it's his spot to lose, in my opinion. I think that uh, J.D. is definitely his job to lose, um, and uh, we need him to perform well. If he doesn't perform well, uh, like you said, we definitely made a lot of good depth signings. I think that was um, definitely a high point in the offseason, definitely added some depth, uh, especially in that infield, uh, just backup dudes, Almora, VR, VR. That's definitely all good guys. I think that uh, 
definitely add depth to the squad. But if JD doesn't perform, then that pushes one of those guys into a starting role. And uh, that's something that um, I think those guys are all better suited off like the utility um, off the bench and kind of like limited opportunities. So I think that a lot of the, a lot does ride on JD and what he does this year. Um, because like I said, if he doesn't perform well, then that puts one of those guys on the spot. And uh, I'm not really looking forward to that. I'd rather JD really just take the grab the job by the horns and run with it. But uh, that's yet to be seen. So we'll see. Kind of, you got anything else to add on that, or should we? Yeah, one thing. Jump in on one thing though, real quick. I heard you stutter on it. It's VR and Pilar. I heard our guys Gary, Keith, and Ron going after it in the spring training game. They were very. Uh, Keith was having trouble with it. Gary had to clean it up for him. It's VR and Pilar. All right, so just don't be getting that one wrong. I was hoping that was going to slide through. I know my boys uh, spoke with that yesterday on the show. Uh, Keith definitely was struggling with it. So I just <laughs> senior moment, like my boy Keith. We all know. Uh, <laughs> is prone to those every once in a while, to say the least. So uh, I didn't mean to interject. Connie, go ahead, brother. I was just going to say about J.D. Davis, one thing he's going to be really important for with the Mets is J.D. can hit the lefty. And like C.J. mentioned earlier in the pod, the Mets are very – they're left-handed hitter stacked. So I think they're going to need J.D. Davis, especially on days when they're facing a lefty, to step up. And he's probably going to hit in the middle of the order against the lefty. Yeah. I mean, when I look at it – yeah, so it's like he's at the same time he mo- he's almost in a role where he's got to still run away with it, but he's almost in a pivotal role against the lefty. It kind of goes like back and forth. We just got to see it with the glove, man. I hope it pays off because I like JD because he embraces the Mets. I remember in 2019 and that run in August, he was making headlines. He was supporting the Mets. He was repping it. I mean, he was awesome to watch. He was fun. He's got some you know late inning magic. He's a big time guy in those spots. Yeah, I think those are all good points, especially J.D. being vital against the lefties. That is huge. Um, that's something that can be overlooked, especially because, our, like you said, uh, I alluded to it, our lineup is definitely left-hand dominant at times. That that could run into an issue. So J.D. definitely will be a big factor there. Um, Lindor gets better from the right side, so I think that is something that definitely helps as well with the lefties. Hopefully Pete rebounds um, and has a good year. I mean, we say rebound, but he finished with uh, only two guys had more. Uh, home runs than him, yeah, wasn't he like third in the NL or something? Yeah, that average was down, but I don't think he'll ever be that high average guy, but definitely we hope for uh, more production from the plate this year from Pete outside of the home runs. Cutting anything about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Pete Alonzo, it's his second year in the bigs. You know, you expected him to maybe not come out and put up the same numbers. I mean, if you're expecting the same numbers, that's just ridiculous. I mean, the the rookie season he had was unreal. But I think Pete Alonzo still had the power numbers, and – I also feel like if that season was a normal season, man, he would have found a stride and you would have saw his average climb up a little bit. And he was already on pace for the homers. I mean, I think Pete's taking all of that noise. You saw even like he deactivated his social media accounts. I think he's taking all this noise a little personal. And I think he's going to come out with an edge. You already seen it in spring training a little bit. He's already got some, you know, he's hitting the balls hard and he's hitting for extra bases early on, which is great. So I'm excited for Pete. Such an encouraging sign to see him go oppo to right center with that home run the other, uh, the other day. Like, that's what we need back to Pete. He eats to the right center. That's where his power is the most. So that's what's just scary about him as a hitter. I mean, listen, we don't need him to hit 50-plus any every year. If he does it, it's incredible. I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. But if he hits 25-30 every year and he gets those, you know, more consistent batting average numbers up, more ribbies, you know, that's what we need Pete to be. And like Connie said, I think he tried to do a little too much last year after the monster rookie year. But Pete's a streaky guy. We saw it even in 19 in his rookie of the year year in the 53. Like, he was 
really hot, and then he had some cold stretches, but he finds it again. 162, different season. I believe it, Pete. I think he'll uh, come back. But the best part about it is he's got protection in this lineup for once, you know? I mean, not for once. He's in his third year, but Pete's got a lot of protection this year that he didn't have really last year with a guy like Lindor in front of him, Conforto's hitting either in front of him or behind him, and Dom Smith, oh, and the list goes on right around him. Pete's going to get his pitches to hit, and he's going to hit him. Yeah, I think definitely coming from encouraging signs like you guys said over that 162. Hopefully he would have played better. Um, the last week of the season, um, I'm pretty sure he went yard four or five times the polar bear did. So he definitely got his home run uh, count up then. He went uh, yard multiple times that last week. Um, so that was definitely a good sign, like you said, driving the ball to right center. That just swing. Um, that first home run he hit against the Marlins, his first career home run, that's that same uh, right center, center field, just – laser beam that he hit so that's home run derby he was hitting everything to right center did you guys hear he beat out vladdy and all the boys he was shooting right center the whole night did you hear what he said no he said that he wants 130 stakes i mean this guy is just he's a savage he's out of his mind he's ready to go okay, gotta love, uh, i love 130 stakes. if he can do that uh sign me up i'll get the jersey signed pay whatever you want for it 100 uh, percent. all right so i think uh what we wanted to get into next, I think we talked about a lot of good things, especially on, in our inaugural episode. Um, we're excited to get out of here and just talk a little bit. I feel like uh, that could definitely be seen by us. We're just excited to speak. Uh, we've been rambling on a little bit. So we kind of just want to wrap it up here. We'll go into our uh, three guys that we're most excited for to see uh, see for this season. So I guess that I'll start it off. Um, I think uh, the one guy I think might this one might be a surprise, might not be a household name, but uh, – I'm excited to see Sam McWilliams. Uh, I think that uh, he threw a right in his first appearance with the Mets. Um, came over from the Rays. Uh, they signed him to a major league deal, but I believe he does have that minor league option. So even if he doesn't make the team, they'll have him back down in AAA. Um, but any guy that comes from the Rays, a pitcher, uh, you got to just have your ears up and uh, eyes wide for because those dudes uh, usually come out and show up. The Rays do real good things with pitchers and um, – so I'm excited to see him. His spin rate is very high. He's one of those guys that uh, it's kind of a new generation of pitcher, very analytical. So I'm very excited to see him. Um, and then I guess I'll let somebody else throw it to one of their other guys. I won't uh, ramble on for too long. I'll get a little spice in it. So I'll let uh, Greg go with his next one. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think this is going to be an obvious one, but I'm going to go with Lindor. Just hits me in the heart. He's been one of my guys going coming up through the system forever. I've, Slightly, I'd say, become an Indian's fan because of him. But, you know, now Rosario Jimenez, they can, you know, they, they can do what we dealt with. Lindor is going to have a top year. I'm excited. He's going to bring us to the, the promised land. Big words from Greg, especially a former middle infielder himself. You know, we don't really like to hear that Indians talk. I don't know what that is. Definitely. Uh, Listen, him and J-Ram was one of the most lethal left sides I'd see in the last couple of years. I loved watching those two guys. I hope he gets out of there. I think Indy, I mean, the Indians got some good pitching, but, you know, this isn't an Indian podcast. This is a Mets podcast. I guess uh, bleeds blue and orange and get some uh, blue and red in there as well. <laughs> we'll go to Cunny before any more of that nonsense. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, one guy I'm looking forward to this year, I mean, I think every Mets fan across the nation is looking forward to watching Dom Smith. Dom Smith, he came onto the scene last year, you know, especially with the DH rule last year. I mean, that was huge for him. Well, he came on and he was basically the Mets' best hitter almost, right? I'd say behind Conforto, he was the Mets' best hitter. He he hit, let's see, I have 42 RBIs right here in 50 games. That's pretty absurd. I'm excited to see what he could build on this year, you know, with the DH being taken away. 
It's a little up in the air where he's going to play. You're going to see him in the outfield. We'll see how that goes. But he just brings that energy to the team, and he's just really fun to watch. I'm excited to see Dom hopefully strive this year. Big clubhouse guy. Need him. Yeah, definitely a big clubhouse guy. I love Dom, too. What he brings with the bat is electric. He's a great hitter, um, especially with the power coming now. He has a great eye, just controls the bat very well. Um, playing left field, not really crazy about that. But like you said, no DH, so that's kind of where we are. Um, so I'll just hop into my second guy that I think uh, I'm excited to see this season. I think a lot rides on this dude. Um, it's definitely not going to be happy. Uh, happy words from Greg. Uh, I'll let him say a couple words about him after, but it's Brendan Nimmo. Uh, he'll be playing that center field role. I think a lot of the time Pilar has already shown um, some mishaps in the outfield in spring training. He showed good things with the bat, but I feel like Nimmo with his on-base stuff, uh, on-base skills, he'll definitely be um, – in that lineup more often than not. So I think he'll be a big piece. He needs to play well defensively in center field. That's somewhere he's really struggled. So I really just want to see good things from him this year. I'm very excited about the bat. have questions about the glove, but I feel like everybody else is in that same boat. So I'll let Greg say a couple words about it. Well, I'm just not excited to see him bat leadoff every day. I mean, listen, he's not a bad ball player. He's a, he's a, he can be a quality guy for you. We just know he's not a center fielder. We're putting him in. We're putting him at a spot where he really he's not upset, set up for a lot of success. Listen, he's been working on it. Whatever. I, I I'll ride with it because I believe and I love the Mets. So you know what? We'll go. But I think we needed a better option defensively in center. He's not you know awful with the bat. I just think he'd be great in you know a, a nine role if we had the DH. But just towards the bottom, I'd prefer a guy like McNeil to be hitting leadoff every day. But a guy I'm really excited to see from. I think we alluded to it earlier. Again, another guy I'm just a big fan of is Pilar. I'm not even saying it because of the hatred for Nimmo. I just think he's a guy who could put some pressure on him, and he's going to play a lot when there's lefties pitching. Nimmo's going to not knock anything lead off, I'd like to think, in those games. Maybe Pilar catches a start. Maybe he gets hot, and maybe he's better with the glove. I, I think he can. he's going to be my like candidate Betty off the bench that I think is a sleeper for us this year. Yeah, and then I'll take it for – I agree with CJ. I like Nimmo. Uh, I think if he – gets on base at the rate that he can. I think the Mets lineup could be very effective with him batting leadoff, so I'm very excited to see how that works because he's definitely in an important spot in that lineup. I think that's going to be key. And Pilar, yeah, that's a good free agency signing. But I'm also excited for, this is an obvious one, but Michael Conforto and his contract year because we've seen Conforto have good seasons, and but now this is the season where if he puts up monster numbers – He's going to get that Springer deal, no doubt, maybe even a little bit more. So I think he might even turn it up a level this year. I think we might not have seen the best of Michael Conforto, and I feel like he might step up as maybe the best hitter in our lineup. I mean, next to Lindor, Lindor's incredible, but I think Conforto's going to have a huge year. I'm really excited to see what he could do. Yeah, I mean, last year he was our best hitter in the lineup for pretty much the whole season. And if the Mets were relevant, maybe a playoff team, he would have been in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. He had that year. Yeah, it was 60 games, but it's a great sign going into this year, so I'm excited. Yeah, Conforto definitely did have a great year. I'm excited for him as well, that contract year. Hopefully he does have a massive year. Um, and I feel like he could put it all together because in college he kind of was uh, kind of that pure hitter, and that's kind of what he was when he first came up, was hitting for some power, but really was just spraying the ball around. I feel like he got away from that a little bit in recent years. Um, and then really put it all together last year. Like Greg said, had a great year, almost an MVP contention. Um, if the Mets were better, uh, he did with the average and the power. So hopefully he can do that for 162. He'd be a great part of the team. Obviously one of the best, uh, my favorite Mets. Um, but another guy that uh, 
I don't know if I'm excited for, but he's definitely vital for the season. I guess I should be excited because he had a good year last year. Uh, Edwin Diaz, you know, Sugar, he's a uh, he's hot and cold man. You know, he uh, that that's what he is. That's what he does. Um, but he's electric when he's on, and when he's off, he's terrible. So hopefully, uh, he'll be a big part of that bullpen. We need him to um, kind of nail it down. Uh, Luis Ross has said that he's going to use him in the like highest leverage situation, which I kind of like. I feel like that's the way baseball should be. Use your best reliever in the highest leverage spot. Uh, I think that's Lugo for us, but without Lugo, um, I think that Diaz um, should take that role, just the highest leverage spot, be it the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Um, then you can piece it together if he throws earlier. I think that Diaz will be vital to this team. If he doesn't throw well, um, then we're in trouble. So, uh, Greggy, what do you think, and what about your next dude? Listen, uh, we said we were going three, I think, so this will be my last guy, and I'm going to go, again, probably the most obvious one you can go. I'm excited for Jacob DeGrom, man. We're looking at a guy who's looking for his third Cy Young. We're looking at a guy that I think, if he keeps this up for Verlander-type years, could be going down as one of the best pitchers of all time. Like, he's got to be in that conversation because like, he's bringing a little more hardware, I think, himself. His best years are still there. So, Jacob DeGrom is going to be cooking this year, and I'm excited for what he's got. Yeah, and then I'll just cap us off with uh, similar along the route that you took, CJ, with McWilliams. I'm going to go with Drew Smith. I think Drew Smith is a guy that we've seen around the team now for a couple of years, right, two years. And I like what I say. I mean, I think he could I think he could pitch, but he's never been able to put it together yet at the big league level. I think the Mets are really hoping for either a breakout season from McWilliams or Smith. I think one of those two have to step up in the Mets bullpen. So I'm excited to watch them compete for that job because I do think those two are going to compete for maybe the last spot in that bullpen. So hopefully whoever wins that, you know, takes some garbage innings early on and runs with it, hopefully, because we still need another reliever to step up for late in the game. We need someone to step up. Yeah, one or two injuries to a vital guy there. We could uh, definitely be in trouble. I mean, Betances, uh, his velo has been up from what it was in previous years at this point, but – uh he still looks pretty shaky. I mean, I don't expect anything from him. I think I have higher hopes for Familia, which is, uh, you know, if you were asking somebody who they had higher hopes for, that's kind of a bad position to put somebody in. But uh, that's where we are right now, I guess, between a rock and a hard place. One of them really needs to hit. Um, and I feel like we, one of us should have uh, shined on one of them because if one of those guys don't hit, um, then we could be in trouble. But like Honey said, Smith or McWilliams, hopefully one of them step up. I think both of those dudes definitely have potential. Um, if any of you guys want to add any last words about any of those dudes or anything like that. No, man, I think you got it covered. I mean, I think the bullpen, hopefully, like we said, they step up. If they step up, we're going to have a good year in 2021, I think, man. I think us three are going to catch some games. It's going to be fun in the, in the summer at City Field, which we haven't had, you know, in a little bit. A little bit in 2019, but that was in postseason baseball. Hopefully we could get back there. Can't wait to get back to City. Get your vaccine walking around what's that uh palafritas i'll be getting that about the fourth inning every week let's go yeah absolutely uh, definitely excited to go to some mets games i don't know if i'll be vaccinated but i'll be in there with that uh that's cotton swab up my nose touching my <laughs> so don't worry about that we'll be at some games i know we went a little long in our first episode we were just very excited to get out and talk about our mets um, had a lot of thoughts, so we just wanted to get out there and uh, let people know what we're really about. Um, this will be the first episode. Uh, we want to shoot for one a week. Um, so, yeah, we're just excited to get into it. This will be the first one. We'll lead into spring training with more uh, breakdowns of the team, uh, looking for our predictions of the year and stuff like that. So definitely stay tuned. And uh, 
Connie and Greg and I, we're definitely excited to bring you guys more Mets content and hope for a, a great year from our New York Mets. LFGM. LFGM. Yeah, tune in. Let's go Mets.